Hi, it's Carolina. I'm so excited that you could join us on the City Point Redcliffe podcast. You're just about to hear a message from one of our incredible preaching team, and I know you're going to be encouraged and inspired by what you hear. If it does encourage you, why don't you share it with someone who you know might need to hear it as well? And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the messages that are uploaded every single week. And for now, sit back and enjoy. I hope you get blessed. Uh, I want to speak to you as we move into our future. I've I've got today's message. It's called Walking the Walk. And uh, I I know this, it's easy to talk the talk. Uh, The world's always, there's so many words out there. There's so many messages come our way. Um, You know, you don't even know what to believe. Just everybody's talking. Social media, internet, TV, radio. You know, the media, I don't trust one word they say. And even if they're saying, horrible things about a person I hate, I still don't trust them. I I don't know what the truth is anymore. So it's easy to talk the talk, but it's really walking the walk. And I I think that it's one of our great challenges as believers, if we're going to show the world that Jesus is alive, it's not about just talking the talk, it's actually about walking the walk. Uh, Even though we're in the world, we're not of the world. Uh, There is a slight difference of how we respond to life as a believer and to the world out there. And a great challenge is not just knowing what to do, it's actually doing it. (laughs) It's actually doing it. It's the battle of theory versus reality, theology versus realology, getting your head knowledge, what you know, uh, to become heart knowledge, what you actually do. That's our challenge as a believer. It seems most believers have some head knowledge. They know the doctrine of or the principle of. They've read a book on. Uh, they know they've seen it in the Bible about. Uh, but knowing it and living it are two different things. Uh, one of the things that I, I, I see regularly as a, as a, as a pastor is uh, the, the, the tension between people knowing that they should forgive others and actually forgiving others. You know, they know they should. And I if I give you the best bit of advice that I could ever give any person, uh, forgive everybody of everything all of the time. It doesn't matter whether they deserve it. It's not the point. Uh, forgiveness doesn't protect them. It protects you. And so it's a very, very important thing we learn to do that. But I've watched, you know, when you get, I've watched believers, they get stabbed. Is stabbed in the back still an appropriate saying? I'm just making sure in this woke world we live in, who knows what you can say. Um, uh, and, and does it, people know what that means? People get stabbed in the back, even younger people know what that means? That means somebody you trust did something to hurt you that you didn't think was going to come. Yeah. Uh, and uh, often I see believers respond to that, probably not in the most appropriate way. They know they should forgive, but often when they, ah, they get stabbed in the back, often their response is, oh, 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 oh. In Jesus' name. <laughs> you know, there's, they know they should, but the actual should and do are really a, a different thing. There's such a difference between knowing and doing in life. And, you know, it's, it's like I, I, I've been playing golf on and off for a long time. And just last year, I realized that my swing was totally wrong. Like, you know, so I had to unlearn uh, like 30 years of bad swinging technique um, to actually improve my golf game. Um, and that's another message in itself, being deceived. Um, 
But I, I think of the things I've learned, and, and, uh, and I, I think of my, my game of golf, and I, I look at Tiger Woods, for example, and, and I, I pretty well know all the things to do now. You know, I sort of know I've got to do this, straighten that, do this, spend that, twist that, and above all, relax. <laughs> but Tiger Woods doesn't think like that when he gets up there. He just walks up the ball, smiles at the camera, and smashes the ball miles down the road. There's a difference between knowing and doing. And knowing to doing is quite a journey. Uh, and, and, you know, like if, if you're surfing huge waves like they do now, 100 feet waves, uh, 33 meters on a, on a wave in, in Portugal, in the, the, their place called Nazaire, um, you don't have time to think about your next move. You just got to do it intuitively. It can't be something you know. It's got to be something that's inside of you, deep within, that you respond accordingly straight away. Otherwise, you're very far underwater wearing a coral mouth guard. Um, your, your young son or daughter might be 17 or 18, and uh, they come up to you one day and say, hey, Dad, can I, can I borrow the keys for the new car? And they say, but you don't have your license. Yeah, but I've seen all the videos. <laughs> I've read the books. I know how to drive. You're thinking about, you're not, you're not the person that's going, oh, well, sure, why didn't I think of that? Here are the keys. See you in heaven. <laughs> no, because then you know there's a difference between knowing and doing. And there's a journey between both of those things. Um, so that difference is important for us to understand. So when we hear something, when we read something, when we know something in our head, see, knowing is in our head, but doing is in our heart. Right. Thinking is in our head, but believing is in our heart. And there's a difference between knowing and doing, thinking and believing. Can I tell you, you don't get what you know in life, you get what you believe in life. The things you believe is what you actually end up with. I can tell people why, what they believe, not by what they say, but the signs around their lives. I can tell them what I believe about marriage, not by what they say, but the signs. Money, the same thing, the signs. Church, the spiritual, it doesn't matter what they say, it's the signs around your life because believing is what you get in life. The Bible says out of your belly shall flow rivers, not out of your head, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. It doesn't live here, it lives here. Uh, when you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. We make a decision with our head, but when it gets to our heart, we shall be saved. So everything important is to do with what's here more than what's here. What's here determines what ends up at here, but what starts here has got to get down to here first. And it doesn't look like that much of a journey, does it? You wouldn't think it was that hard. Israelites spent 40 years in a wilderness back in the day because they couldn't get it from here to here. 40 years. They had the promise from God. They couldn't enter the promise. They knew the promise. They couldn't enter the promise because this hadn't transferred from here to here. Aren't you glad we are not as stupid as the Israelites? <laughs> or maybe we need help as well. You can know all sorts of things, but you only get what you really believe. You don't get what you know or want in life, you get what you believe. So to change an outer reality, you first got to change an inner belief system. Not, not your mind, your heart, and then if you change your heart, that affects how you think in life. Sure, it all starts up here, but it's got to get 
down to here. It's not that far, but it takes a while to take place. From the journey of what God says is a promise to actually entering into the promises of God. See, uh, the journey to the promise of God is not horizontal, it's vertical. That's how you enter the promise, not because you move towards it, but you find God in it and something changes in your heart. Just because you shove, and this is my dilemma as a preacher, just because you shove something up in here at somebody's head doesn't mean it's going to drop down to here and become revelation. And I, you know, I, I do my very best as a, as a preacher to try and work ways to get people to not just know stuff, but eventually believe stuff. To get them that it affects them so much they've actually got to consider its reality. Uh, back in 2000, when we took over City Point, Brisbane, uh, Lee and I came as a senior pastors there. Um, there was a drink machine in the foyer. And, uh, and, and, and it was one of those ones that used to annoy the heck out of people because it never hardly worked. <laughs> you know, you put your money in and the drink never comes out. And people would say to me, Pastor Mark, why do you keep that machine? And I said, it's obvious it makes me a lot of money. <clears throat> it's a very good return of investment. But you watch people when that, they, when that, that drink, they put it in up here and expect something. Man, they, they push that thing. They shove that thing. Some people even kick that thing to try and get that drink out of there. Because what is needed is not something up here. It's needed something down here. And God sometimes got to slap us a little bit. <laughs> shove us a little bit. Maybe to get things moving. So we find we're not just knowing the things that he says, but actually doing the things he says. To be the change we want to see is the most powerful message in the world. To be the change we want to see. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16 says this. But speaking the truth in love, that you may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every joint supplies. Like we're all called together, our differences. Your greatest strength is not your sameness, it's your difference. That's, that's biblical. Not, don't try and be like somebody else. Be the person God invented you to be. Yeah, sure, there's some things you shouldn't do. Get rid of them, but the rest of it's okay. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for edifying of itself in love. It's the sense of we're to grow up and be the people that God's called us to be. Not, not just knowing things, but doing things. Not knowing we should be involved in kingdom purposes, but actually be involved in kingdom purposes. James chapter 1, verse 22. Um, when you get to heaven, you'll know who James is. He'll be the guy that's standing by himself with no friends. I, I try and avoid the book of James. It does not encourage me. You know, I was just talking about being pushed, slapped, kicked. That's the book of James. Um, every time I read the book of James, it's like he reaches out, the Spirit of God reaches out and grabs me by the scruff of the neck and says, look at this, you idiot. <laughs> That's the role of the book of James in the Bible. The slap, to kick, to push. He says it like this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. He doesn't mess around with it. He just says, this is how it is. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a 
doer of the work, he will be, this one will be blessed in what they do. You see, it's not uh, hearing that gets you blessed. It's not wishing that gets you blessed. It's not hoping that gets you blessed. It's not knowing that gets you blessed. It's doing that gets you blessed. So the truth has got to be known, but the truth is not powerful because it's known. The truth, of pow- the truth is powerful when it's done. That's how life works. The point is that everything we do, whether it comes, we're hearing the preaching, whether we're reading the Word of God, whether we're standing in worship, the whole point of this is to get information into revelation, into what we know, into what we do. And don't ever push off the times of coming to church and standing in an auditorium and worshipping God. Worshipping God is not about singing. Worshipping God is about entering into a place where you can meet the Spirit of God. The amount of times I've stood in the Rosen Church and I've met God in a powerful way because I'm standing in a place of worship with Him to bring information into revelation. So important we don't misread what worship's about. Worship's not about singing songs, though we do that. It's much more powerful than that. It's getting it from here to here. Doing is the result of believing, arriving in your heart. Somebody can write this down. Faith is not what you think you know. Faith is what you know when you don't think. Faith is not what you think you know. Faith doesn't live in a head. Faith lives in a heart. Faith is not what you think you know. Faith is what you know when you don't think. We do what we believe, not what we think. You know what you really believe by what you do. Most Christians, most believers have some knowledge of God's word, God's principles, but not as many as I would like step into the ring and decide to live it out and give God their best. Back in the day, there was a guy called Mr. Blondin. And Mr. Blondin was famous because he was a tightrope walker back in the early 1800s or something like that, 1900s. And um, and, uh, he decided to tightrope walk across Niagara Falls in America. So he, he, the big crowd turned up, a big crowd. It always fascinates me why crowds turn up to those events. Like, do they want to see him fall or do they want to see him make it? Now, I'm not sure which is why they all come. Um, anyway, big crowd turned up. He's got the tightrope crossing Niagara Falls. He, he turns around, he says to the crowd, do you believe I can do this? And the crowd goes, yes, we believe, we believe. And he gets a bit closer and turns around again. He says, do you really believe I can do this? The crowd goes, yeah, you're the man, you're the man. He gets right to the edge. And he says, one more time, do you believe? The crowd goes crazy. And as it settles down, he goes, then who will come with me? (laughs) Oh, look, a rabbit. You see, it's easier to see something or to think something But believing it's totally different. Totally different. Our challenge is not to bring God's word down to our experience, but to be on the journey to bring our experience up to what God's word says to be true and amen. That's the journey we're on. And that's getting our theology to become realology. So this morning I just want to look at a couple of keys to help us on this journey of getting information into revelation, theology into realology. And I'm going to look at a guy called Joshua in the Old Testament. 
And uh, he's the man that knew the promise, but he's the man that took them into the promise. So there was just not a knowing, there was a doing. And it, as soon as I, I read about people like that in, 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 in Scripture, my, my order of response is, how, why did God choose him? Um, what, what was he able to do? What was in him that allowed him to become that person that just didn't know the promises, but took a generation into the promises and make it reality? So uh, we're going to start looking at Joshua today. We're going to start looking at Exodus chapter 33, verses 9 through 11. We have that up there. And when it came to pass, and this is before they moved into the promised land, Moses was still around, the leader. And so when it came to pass, when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped, each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And when he would return to the camp, then he would return to the camp, but his servant, listen to this, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. A couple of things are going to be very important to see here. God is not everywhere at this particular time on the planet. He turns up. All right. So when he turns up, people know. They're hearing the thunder of God, the lightning. Who knows? They're all wake up. They're all worshiping. They know God's arrived. He somehow manages to go into a tent. And the only person on the planet that can meet with God face to face is a guy called Moses. Anybody else that went into that tent or got that close to the presence of God died automatically. So Moses goes in. He's in there a few hours talking with God, worshiping God. And, uh, and he comes out, he walks back out, his hair's standing up. It's just like, you know, glowing face and just met with God. And he turns to Joshua, who can't come inside. He says, Joshua, I'm going back to camp. You, do you want to, you're coming back as well. And Joshua, the young man, the son of Nun, the Bible says, did not depart from the tabernacle. What was special about Joshua is this. Number one, he got as close to God's presence as he could. And he didn't leave quickly. He stayed in his presence. I have this picture stamped on my, in my mind about this young Joshua with his hands and his face on the tent, sucking the paint off. <laughs> Just getting as much of God as he could. And number one, you must be found in his presence. If you want to know the promise and enter the promise, number one, you must be found in the presence of God. And if you, if you even go back a few passages of Scripture, you'll, you'll go to a story or an account where, again, Moses is on top of the Mount Sinai. He's getting the Ten Commandments written right, by God's finger. And then the Bible just slips in. And if you look halfway down the mountain, there was Joshua, the son of Nun, waiting for Moses. This young man understood the need that he had to be in the presence of God. And I want to tell you, one of the greatest things that helps get information into Revelation is in your prayer time, your worship time, and your meditation time. It's when you draw close to God that enables you for that to take place. Because in his presence, revelation, information becomes revelation. Healings and miracles happen. Fears are overcome. Faith is enhanced. And theology 
is transformed into realology in his presence. As we move into 2023, into the world that we are now a part of, and be assured it is a different world than it was 10 years ago. The church is no longer the foundation of society. In many cases, we're, we're looked at as the enemy because of our beliefs on different things about morality. We are in a different day right now. And so we need to, number one, be so strong. And how we get strong is that we understand the need for the presence of God around our lives. Let's enter into his presence more often. Right, let's have a look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This is speaking to Joshua, God speaking to Joshua. And the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according all that is written in it. For when you will, and for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Not only do we need to be found in his presence, we must be found in his word. We must be found in the word of God. If I have advice for any believer this year, would you get into the Word of God like you've never got into it before? It is vital you know what God says about things through His Word. If you do not know what God says about things, number one, you will be a confused Christian because the world will tell you a whole bunch of things. Uh, the amount of times in America when I've heard newscasters or whatever say, oh, Jesus wouldn't do that. They have no idea what Jesus would do. How would you know what Jesus, you've never known what the Word of God says. And many believers get caught up in the wokeism of this day because they do not know what God says about certain things. To be a non-confused believer, you must know what the Word of God says. To be an empowered believer, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. It's our sustenance for our spirit. It's to feed on the Word of God. So don't put it off and, and, don't, and don't, don't go to the internet and say, what does faith mean? No, read the Bible. Don't, don't, don't go down the pathway of being controlled by a God of somebody else's opinion. The God of their opinion or your opinion has no power. It's only the God of the Bible that has power. So we must know the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word or the words of God. The word keeps renewing our belief system. Whatever you intensely focus on, Long enough, you eventually take on the nature of the spirit of what you're beholding. Right. Whatever you focus on intently long enough, you take on the character or the spirit of whatever you focus on. And it should be, as believers, the word of God. Faith comes by hearing his word. And faith is what moves knowledge into, reality, into revelation and knowing into action. Last thing this morning, Joshua chapter 8, verses 1, and three, one through 3. Now the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you and arise. Go up to, to Ai, I, however it's pronounced, A or I, or Ai. Uh, See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, 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 his people, his city, and his land. And you shall do to Ai, 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 and it's king and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoils and its cattle you should take as booty for yourselves, lay ambush to the city behind it. And this is the important part of this scripture. So Joshua arose, right? Joshua arose, and all the people of war to go up against Ai, 
I-A-I. And Joshua chose 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. And Joshua arose. We need to be found in his presence. We need to be found in his word. And we need to be found in doing what he says. We need to be found in doing what he says. They did what God said. They said, go and do this, do this, do that. And Joshua arose and he did it. Do what God says. Listen to me, just because God said it. No other reason. You don't have to, have to work it out. You don't have to calculate whether it's, eh, it feels good, shouldn't, or whatever. Do it because what God says to do is important because it helps change your theology into realology just by obedience to the Word of God. And I'm going to be honest. There are some scriptures I wish God had left out of the Bible. I don't like them. I wouldn't have put them in. I, I don't really think that's good. But it's not my Bible. It's the Word of God. And I choose to believe the Word of God. I, I, I've seen the doctrines of men and the religions that men have dead. I've studied them over the years, whether it be Islam or Buddhism or whatever, and they're all themes or ideas and things like that. But the truth is, God is God. And He's much more powerful than my opinion of something. And therefore, I trust He's smarter than me, wiser than me. And if we were to live on the opinions of the, or the theologies of others, the world would be in a bigger mess than it is right now. The dilemma with the world is not that we're just out there doing our thing, it's that they've given up on the Word of God. And the Bible is God's handbook to mankind. This is how we make life work the best way possible. It's when we do the truth that helps us know the truth, that helps us get more involved in doing the truth again. To action a truth reinforces it in your soul and it's easier to do next time. Mary, the mother of Jesus, the disciples, they, they were confused one night. <laughs> and they came and they said, Jesus wants us to do this, this and this. And, and what should we do? And Mary's advice to them was, just do what he says. <laughs> just do. It mightn't make sense to you, but his ways are greater than our ways. He is wiser than the, the wisest of them all. He is God Almighty. Just do what he says. Acting in obedience empowers our theology to become realology. Joshua was found in God's presence. He was found in God's word. He was found doing what he said. And he and Israel were able to not just know the promises of God, but to enter the promises of God. Big difference between knowing them and entering. And this is the way we get to enter what God has for us. He wants our knowledge to become revelation, our potential to become power, our theology to become realology. It's time, just like the Israelites did, to cross over into the promises of God, not just watching them from a distance, but entering into all that God said is possible. That's what I'm believing for 2023, that we cross over into this new place of promises that God has given us 40 years ago and beyond. Would you close your eyes, bow your heads this morning. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message inspires you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. Go ahead and share it with a friend. And can I invite you to connect with us on one of our many social media platforms as well. Most importantly, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to say congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We'd love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services around the world this Sunday. 
And you can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We would be so thrilled to see you there.